Hello and welcome to the Falcon, a footy podcast. I'm your host, Clarky, and joining me, as always, I've got Jesse. Hello. And I've got Chris. Hello. Gentlemen, we are continuing our trek through the teams as we talk about teams, we talk about players, we talk about vibes, and unfortunately, this is another one that we were unable to organize a guest for because we miscalculated and we're running out of time, so we got to... We got to do a few of these. Clarky, stop blaming us. Stop blaming these teams that have no fans. These minnow <laughs> clubs that don't matter. These, there's definitely, there's definitely fans for this team out there, but we just didn't schedule it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna cough that one. So this week, gentlemen, we're talking about the St Kilda Football Club, the Sainters. Before we get into that, I'm gonna break some ice. I want to I want to talk a little bit about I got my members pack recently and I don't know I I feel like the design on the Melbourne scarves are getting a bit lackluster it it just made me think that I wished I had some some merch that was more well designed so I kind of want to ask you guys what's your favorite bits of merch that you've got I agree with you so AFL merch right now is fucking horrific mm-hmm. it is so bad um like, the big thing they ever did recently was, like, how about if the font is gold? Okay, cool. I'll wear that with my Ed Hardy t-shirt. Um, <laughs> they did the whole thing with, I think it's, like, Mitchell and Ness or whatever, who typically do more, like, American brand and stuff, like a lot more, like, basketball brand stuff. They've done a few t-shirts and, and jumpers. I've got one of the Essendon shirts, which I quite like. But it's a very distinct sort of... When you think of sort of like late 90s basketball merch, it's sort of they've gone for that sort of uh, vibe to it. I don't I don't like it. I like something that's football adjacent, which I'll get into in a moment. But I mean, Chris, what do you think? Uh, in terms of favorite piece of merch, there was a the, the Bulldog supporters always complain, like constantly. It doesn't matter what the club does to change the merch. Everyone fucking complains. It's all been downhill since um, the Thor jumper, let's be honest, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That one deserved the complaints. Uh, there was a scarf that we did. That one deserved the fucking Royal Commission. <laughs> there was a scarf that we did a couple of years ago. Uh, it was kind of like a little bit more of an, uh, not an old school footy design, but just an old school scarf design. I really liked it. And of course, all the fucking supporters complained because it changed and one part of the writing was black and they're like, black isn't part of our colors. And it's like, oh, shut the fuck up. Um, I really liked the scarf that we did. But one thing that I really liked, which I seem to be one of the only people who did like it, was about oh, seven or so years ago, uh, the AFL released jerseys that were based on old school basketball jerseys, not the 90s ones you're talking about. They were like 80s ones. I actually really liked them. I still have the Bulldogs, that Bulldogs jersey. I wear it to every game that I go to. Oh, um, okay. I've seen that. I've seen you wear that jersey. That is pretty cool. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I really liked them, but they didn't really seem to take off. I don't know why. What, what sort of merch would you would you want? Because like I, I complain about footy merch, but if if you ask me what I want, I can't really answer it. I'm really diff- like I'm really boring when it comes to footy merch because I think some of them, a lot of the ones that I've seen do too much. Right. My favorite. I have three favorite shirts that I wear. Uh, not in, sorry, I'll, I'll I'll say four. One of them I don't really wear, but I have um I have an Indigenous jersey from a couple of years ago. Really good, love that one. I've got um my dad's 
Melbourne polo that he he always had. Like I've got photos of him wearing it like as far back as I can remember and he's now since passed. We're not the same size, so I don't really wear it <laughs> all that much. But it's nice to have, like it's got the old retro, like the Melbourne with the demon head. I'm, like I miss mm. that logo. Melbourne's retro gear is pretty sweet. Pretty good. Um, but genu- genuinely, I really like sort of plain clothes. Like I have a navy. It's a navy tee with the red Nam logo. So the another Indigenous round, but it's just red Melbourne logo with Nam underneath, like Nam Football Club. Because I got really annoyed when um, they did the D's did a collaboration with Neverland, Neverland Pasadena, and they're like a more higher end brand. And it's just like the logo on a gray tee. And then it's got like a in big letters, like NX Pasadena on it. And I'm like, what, like, what do you like? Stop fucking around. Like, just give me like the normal stuff at a reasonable price is what I really, really want because you can't gussy it up too much. Like if you do too much, it gets way too messy. I think footy stuff shouldn't blend in too much it should be a bit fun so i i really like when clubs do retro stuff um i loved when the clubs put out the bad christmas jumpers the bad christmas sweaters okay i think yeah. that was really mm. fun i would no i would love it if footy gear was a little bit cheaper but oh, if they yeah. want to stick with expensive stuff essendon give me a, like a black denim jacket with like an essendon patch in the back i would wear the shirt of that that'd be really cool i didn't mention though before football adjacent thing i I'm not even going to mention the price. I bought the most expensive piece of clothing I've ever bought recently. Have you guys heard of the Queensland Football Club? Yeah, I've I've heard of them. So, this guy named Cam, I think he's a fashion designer. He started up a fake football club, the Queensland Football Club, and he made merch for them. And it was a very retro, really good materials, very well crafted, like handcrafted, basically. Footy jumpers for this club that doesn't exist. And then these hats came out. For a club that doesn't exist, and that became kind of the the fun behind it. And then he, he put out like stuff for uh you know the back of house stuff for this club that doesn't exist. And it just got a bunch of momentum. There was a massive drop recently. Broden Kelly's become one of their spokespeople. He's become a fucking male model. That man's chiseled by the gods. Um, but for all this Queensland Football Club merch. And I thought, you know what? I rarely treat myself to a nice piece of clothing. I'm going to buy a shirt from there. So I put a little um, alarm on my phone to check it out. There was like, a, there was like an in-shop thing you could do in, in Melbourne CBD, but I didn't go there. So I did it all online. I thought, I'm going to get this. I didn't know what the prices were. And then it came up and I saw the price. I'm like, oh, okay. How much are you talking? I, I'm going to beep this out. Are you fucking joking? Oh, wow. Wasn't cheap. However, Fuck. how I'm looking ever. at it now, like this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. That this person just created a club and it's, it's incredible. The story behind it, it's it's now his curse because people just ask him about the football club. He's like, no, I'm making like legit, like kind of high end, high quality clothing using these different materials. He's like, can we talk about that a little yeah. bit? But yeah, the shirt arrived maybe a week and a half ago. I'm a bigger guy. Finding clothes as a big guy is, is tricky and, and I'll say it, depressing. Oh, yeah. I don't care about the price anymore. This is the best <laughs> shirt I've ever I've ever worn. It is so good. Ken, give me a discount. It is so good. Um, I, I Legit, it's worth the price. I may actually get something else from there. 
The stuff that Broden is modeling on this website looks very good. He's a handsome devil. Queen, Queensland Football Club, call us. Call us. Give us call a discount. These we'll are calling us. We are. Yeah. We, are. <laughs> we are not the usual audience. I definitely stepped out of my comfort zone with this one. But <laughs> sorry, this 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 is the thing, right? I'd be willing to pay as much as needed for high quality, which I'm really glad that you got from the redacted amount that you paid for that. But just I don't know, like it feels like Sometimes football clothing does and sports-related clothing prices out its own audience because I just don't have that yeah. kind of money. Like, I think this is this is football-related in name only. Like, you, if you take away Queensland Football Club, it's nothing to do with AFL. It, it, it doesn't want anything to do with AFL. It was just a fun bit of marketing that kind of caught fire probably more than they expected and kind of got a bit of a different crowd involved with it. It's been a nice crossover, but I think... Given time, we'll sort of split off into its own thing. Although, if you do follow um, Queensland Football Club on uh, on Twitter, the guy's name's Ken. He has tweets about like, "Oh, I'm going to go to Japan. I'm going to use. I'm going to find military grade equipment to make T-shirts out of." And then the next one's being like, "Oh, I arm wrestled Took Miller in, in the Coles car park. He's looking stronger than ever." It just fluctuates between like veiled threats at the Gold Coast <laughs> Football Club and what he's doing with clothing. So, very cool account. Um, very cool shirt. I think I look pretty fly. I'll say it. <laughs> Somebody has to. <laughs> well, with that, let's move on to talking about the St. Kilda Football Club, gentlemen. Now, what are your feelings? Chris, I'll start with you. What are your feelings in relation to the St. Kilda Football Club? Um, how do I say this without offending anyone? No, no. Go for it. <laughs> hey, don't go for it. <laughs> It hasn't stopped you before. It. Why are you stopping now? <laughs> For some reason, and I, I I appreciate the irony of this coming from a Bulldog supporter. Oh, no. For some reason, when I think of St. Kilda and St. Kilda fans, I just think of, for lack of a better word, desperate. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I just, I just think of, yeah, like with Melbourne, I think of like people who are a bit like- Bit up themselves, <laughs> like with Which is Kilda, I just wild. think of, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just think of. Hang on, a fuck. We, all, we also we also the cheese platter, okay? Yeah, that's people, why I think people of don't it. forget. Yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite thing when people ask if I'm going to the snow because I just go, yes, I would love to see snow for once in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Open the freezer, you stand there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, for some reason, I just like it's not like a. It's not like in a like a, a they're a terrible person. Like I think of Collingwood supporters or anything like that. I'm like, sorry, I'm how do I not offend anyone? Oh, no, I'll offend everyone. <laughs> it's like an old Gill situation, is what I'm. What I'm, I'm saying very yes. To that is the that is a great yeah. way to sum up old Gill. I think of Gill. No, but I like Gill. Exactly. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have anything against St Kilda supporters. Is what I'm saying. I don't. It's not like I don't. You're just a bit them. desperate. Yeah, they're very desperate. Like you want your team to be successful, and maybe you should just understand where you're at. Yeah. Jesse, how about you? If you asked me <laughs> to name all the clubs, I would almost name them all. Saints would be the one I forget. Every single time. <laughs> and look, they're, just, they're in a really weird period at the moment where they are... And Chris, I wouldn't laugh that wildly. The only reason I remember the dog is because I hate you. Uh, okay? I think of Chris. I think of the team that belters every time. It's the doggies. But Saints are just in this 
it, it sucks for their fans because they have a really diehard fan base. Yeah, yeah. Small I would agree. As it may be, but they've just become such a nothing club right now, and they are they're not really on the rise. They are just in the, they're in the stall. They are just doing <laughs> nothing. I, Which annoys me because I really like Jack Steele. There's a bunch of players. We'll get to the players soon. They, they are some gun players. Jack Steele is one of the best. I'm with you, Chris. Great dude. It's, yeah. it's really crazy to me because when I think of St. Kilda, weirdly, I always think that they're actually, they've been more successful than they actually have. Like when I hear the stuff yeah. about like how long it's been since they won a premiership, like, can't be right. Like, <laughs> it doesn't, like something about it doesn't, because they, and, and we use this to transition into talking about some players, but I just think there there are so many when you see their top tier talent and like their team of the century, you know, Hall of Fame kind of names, you're like, oh, like yeah, like some holy crap, great, yeah. You je- we were talking about this just the other day, Jesse and I. That I was saying that like some of those names that you think of this with St Kilda throughout like the nineties and Insane. the eighties and into the two thousands, like just yeah iconic players. I don't know how they didn't win a premiership. So we'll get into it. Who who are some of your guys players that you think are iconic for St. Kilda? Frazier Garrick. There's there's the <laughs> Fraser G Train, baby. The G Train. The G Train. All I remember for the G Train, I don't think it was I I don't know if it was his last game or not, but there was a game where it must have been like a milestone game for him. So he ran to the cheer squad and <laughs> He, he ripped off his jersey to, to to give it to somebody, and he has piffed this sopping wet and that G train sweat. Okay, it's heavy, and he's thrown this thing and just gone this little girl in the face, just absolutely knocked her out. Um, the smells that would have been imparted because he threw it so hard, it would have imparted onto onto her like brain and on her on her on her eyeballs. That smell, oh, be salty. For some she reason, when I, I I can't actually think of when I think of the G train now, I don't actually think of his playing days. I just think of the clip a few years ago where he was Eating trying to offer that guy's pie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the crowd. Yeah, unfortunately, the pie is the first thing that I think of, but yeah. it's it's fleeting. It's fleeting now. I've got it down to fleeting. Pulling moment. back the veil a little bit on that. So Chris and I have been making like AFL ish content for the last few years. Actually, even before this podcast, we were doing we were streaming um, AFL live. That piety moment has got such a run between us. We yeah, spoke about it a lot. all the time. One of the great yeah. moments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other players that like that outside of our love for the G train. <laughs> uh, the obvious, the obvious is Robert Harvey, um, Nick Rewalt, a player who is probably one of still to this day still one of the most underrated players in the history of the AFL. Lenny Hayes, mm-hmm. just mm. an absolute legend but just never really like amongst footy fans like hardcore footy hands he got the the appreciation he deserved but amongst kind of the media and and kind of your casual fans just went unnoticed um i mean, I mean also danny frawley oh yeah um, we'll speak about him yes. a little bit later on but just like again we spoke about this a little bit when we spoke about melbourne there are some players that just became bigger and more important than just being afl players um, sort of transcended that. I think Danny definitely is that. Probably the other forward um, outside of the G train that we should mention, Plugger. Plugger. I, I feel like, I don't know if it's just because of 
when I was born, I feel like I always refer to him as a Sydney player. I feel like he's more known as a Sydney player, even though he, I don't know if he was more successful as a St. Kilda player. I have no what do you idea, think of when yeah. you think of Buddy Franklin? Uh, I think of Hawthorne. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm definitely Sydney. Yeah, I think of Sydney yeah. with Buddy as well. Um, Nicky Winmar, but again, we're going to do him a little bit later on. Yes. And I mean, look, even though they haven't been super successful, I think they've got a lot of really good talent on their current list as well. Um, I'm a big fan of Mitch Owens. I love Michito. I think everyone's a big fan of Mitch Owens. He's good vibes. They have? Um, okay. Jack Steele, as we mentioned earlier, just probably one of my favorite non-Bulldogs players, Jack Steele, just gets it done. St. Kilda, please, your digital team. You have about six players that don't have photos on your on your, um, on your website. The, the season starts in like 28 days at time of recording. <laughs> please, for love of fucking Jack Sinclair, fix it. Jack I don't say Jesus. Speaking, and I Jack speaking of Jack Sinclair, what a gun! Speaking of Jack Sinclair, <laughs> yeah. good player. Uh, I also really like uh, Nazario Wangani and Milora. Yeah, really fantastic. kind of hopped out last season and looks like he's going to be a hell of a player. And then there's like Max King. Uh, I hope Max King this really is, kicks into gear. It's the weird thing with the St Kilda list. Like Matthias Philippou looks like he's going to be an absolute gun in years to come. They have a good list. They just they're just middle of the road. I think. I think there's there's a problem at St Kilda is that they don't have the top end talent. Like, yeah, that's that's what it comes down to. Where they're a team that is definitely better than all of these middle of the road guys, but when it comes to contesting, really for that top six, and they can't get like nobody wants to go there. They're not because they've stalled. They're not a destination club. And they don't. I oh, know. Do they have money to throw around next year or this year? Well, apparently, they have money to hire old fuckhead Ross Lyon. Cop. Which. <laughs> all right. Oh, no, seriously. I f- like that. That was baffles Fuck me. It. We have been terrible. So polite to St. Kilda so far. I, <laughs> I, I, hope, blue. I hope St. Kilda supporters back, back me in this because he's a terrible human who left Frio for basically walked before he was pushed. And. He is bad for football because he plays shit football. It's not fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, look, I'll give you that. It's not fun he's, to watch. His it's game plan tack- is not good for football. No, like it's it's shit to watch. Shit bloke. Enemy of the show. Enemy of the podcast. Yeah. I'll fight Enemy him of the show. for you, Clarky. Cop that, Ross That's, Honestly, it's my biggest thing that brings me down in vibes on St. Kilda. So, Jesse, bring us into the vibes section. I'm not going to be able to help you here because the vibes are not numerous. <laughs> the vibes are off. <laughs> the vibes are off. <laughs> the vibes are off, guys. All right. In this segment, I obviously look at the things that I think of when I think of St. Kilda. And when I think of St. Kilda, I think of what? Mediocrity. So let's move straight into the 2010 <laughs> AFL Grand Final, the infamous draw. Collingwood versus St. Kilda. Collingwood, 9-14-68. St. Kilda, 10-8-68. Collingwood should have won that first game. Um they were just super inaccurate. Then again, St. Kilda played a really good game. Brendan Goddard had one of the, f- the best grand final games. It was so good. And that mark. Oh. But then. I was going to say, is that the game where he took the ridiculous mark? Lenny Hayes. Um, so Brendan Goddard, Goddard, obviously, Essendon, great. Lenny Hayes. Uh, James <coughs> Gort, another Essendon, great. Uh, Fisher, Rewalt. All had. Wait, hang on. Did, did James Gwilt play for Essendon? Yeah, he was one of our top up players. Oh, there you go. I did, I did not hey, remember Chris, that. Chris, we listened to my segment to learn. All right, buddy. <laughs> yeah. um, Maybe you can keep listening, Chris, for that. To get that extra drop of knowledge. They drew the game and everyone's like, eh, whatever. We don't want either team to win, I guess. But it was fascinating. Like, 
to see an AFL draw. They have not been many. Nobody really knew what was going to happen next. They came back the next week, and Collingwood thumped St. Kilda. 16 goals, 12, 108. St. Kilda's 7 goals, 10. Now, drawn grand finals are now resolved with two five-minute periods of extra time. And at the end of that, if if the scores are still tied, there'll be extra time period, and play will continue until the next score. So next goal wins, basically, primary school rules. Clark and Chris, what are your thoughts on the draw? I'm not just talking about the, in the grand final. I'm talking about the draw. Do you want to keep it? Should it be extra time? What should what should, what should we do about it? I think I've always thought it should be extra time, even in regular yeah, season. Yeah, I agree. I think it should be extra time. Outside of soccer, I think it's like the one of the only kind of major sports in the world that has a draw. Like we saw with the Super Bowl the other day, it went to overtime. Like finished as a draw and they went to overtime. Um, NBA goes to overtime. Like, I. It's not yeah, that hard. I feel like there should be extra time. I particularly it, thinking about the drawn. You've got time enough to put a round zero in. Th- thinking about the drawn grand final, I think that it, it is absolutely insane to think back that they just came back and played the whole game again the next week. And made and played it worse. Like it was just yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> worse. I didn't give a shit about it again. Yeah, I don't think anyone did. It, it, it yeah. felt. Look, no. I, I'm going to say. I think this is yet another Collingwood grand final with an asterisk on it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's two in recent memory. I mean, it, was, it wasn't an advantage this year, uh, last year. I think we could all agree upon that. I think that's settled science. Um, that's two with Jesse, do you have the attendance for the second grand final? I'd just be curious to see if if they filled it out again or... No, I think that I did mention this in the Collingwood episode that I think that it was 6,000 people less in the replay. Only 6,000? it was in the first one. I reckon yeah. there was 6,000 people they did get Lionel Richie for the replay. They had a lot of money on the game. They lost it. <laughs> Although, I will say, um, that drawn grand final, I was with some friends and family and somebody did put 100 bucks on the draw and they, they cleaned up. Oh. It wasn't as much as you'd think it would be, but that's still pretty. It's cool. still enough. But I think we can all agree it should be extra time. I, yeah, I don't know where the calls for leave it as it is are coming from. I, I, I don't really understand that. Look, if you're if you're a listener and you think that the draw should stay as it is, um, shoot us a, a tweet or a message or whatever we have uh, at Falcon Footy Pod on Twitter because I legit want to hear the arguments for it, um, and then I'll probably insult you and send you a gif. I think the people who call for it to stay the same are the traditionalists, the ones who have that attitude of, you can't bloody change the game. Some things just don't work these days. It's as soft as my flaccid cock. (laughs) Cut that, cut that, cut that. (laughs) No, leave it in. The vibes are on. The vibes are on. Well, no, they're still Um, off. But, yeah, I feel like they're the only people who, who... Call for it to stay the way it is. Like the, some things, rules get implemented, and then you realize years later, oh, that's actually a really shitty rule. Let's change it. Yeah, it just well, especially a rule that you happens. don't have to use that often, like a, the draw. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I ju- I, there's just like a feeling of like grand final side, just a general draw throughout the season. When the siren goes, everyone just kind of is like, oh, okay. Like no one's cheering, no one's upset. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, that sucks okay. for everyone. Are there alternatives? Because I I don't like the um the point where you get to the like, next goal wins. That's there's too much chance there. It needs to be blocks of times. How about a like a shootout? So fifty minute goals back and forth. Hey, we all stayed up and we watched the Matildas beat fucking France or whoever it was. Absolutely amazing. Twenty penalty 
goal shootout, would you want that in the AFL? Is there something else that can be done? Do we go back to the flip coin? I feel like they did a shootout years ago in one of the EJ Witten Legends games. That's why I thought of this. Oh. <laughs> because <laughs> I, was, I Chris, wasn't sure if I'd imagined this. I don't it. know. It, we do hang out a fair bit. We've known each other for a long time. It could be a shared psychosis, but I remember this as well. <laughs> it could have just yeah, been like I remember a it as well. It could have been an episode of Mascot Manor. I don't know. I feel like it actually ended as a draw and they did a shootout. I remember watching it like years and years ago. Could it have just been like entertainment, like a three-point shootout that they do at like the All-Star game? It may have been. It may have been. That would make more sense to me. It was 2019. But I thought that it was a lot earlier. I thought it was when I was a kid, but apparently it happened in 2019. Well, let's roll on with the rest of my segment and on to the next part where I barely speak about St. Kilda. Their song... (laughs) It's one of the most notable AFL tunes, Oh, When the Saints Go Marching In. The song is an adaptation of, of course, When the Saints Go Marching In, a song that started as a Christian hymn, but turned into a jazz hit. The Saints version was recorded by the Fable Singers and has gone through a few different iterations, most notably, um, Oh, I Want to Be in Moorabbin, When the Saints Come Marching In. I again, this is the songs no, no, where I, I thought there'd be a lot more history to the song, but there really isn't. So, Chris, I'm going to throw this to you because you're the um, the mean American Idol judge. You're the Simon Cowell of this podcast. <laughs> so, I'm going to throw this one to you. Does where does when the Saints go marching in fall in your sort of in, in your tier list? Is it one of the good songs because it is catchy and it has a hook, or the one of the bad songs because it's Saints? Uh, no, I'd say it's one of the good ones. I'd actually say it's probably top five. Top five. Good song. Top yeah. five. Okay, you've got Saints, they've got Richmond. Yeah, Who else is in that top five? Good song. You've, that, they've got this little, the Saints fans have the little advantage over everyone where they can, I don't know if any if anyone else has actually heard this, uh, they can make the little joke beforehand of- You son of a bitch. <laughs> You son of a bitch. <laughs> of, it's Owen. Owen who? Owen the Saints go watching in. It's, it's, this is why we couldn't have joke. any Saints fans in this episode. Because if they pulled that shit on me, I'd pull out a gun. Just, you, you know about this, right? Because <laughs> I, I, brought this up, I brought this up in the group chat, and GWS have used it in one of their memes as well, where Garfield slams the door, and it's a, it's a woman who's in a bar, and she does the knock-knock, like, screams it as the top of her voice. I was clucky. I, I would say, can you please continue describing comic strips, um, via audio medium. However, Hamish and Andy already did it like seven years ago, so I don't think we can. And we're going to have to move on to the next part. Yes, I would say it's a, it's a not the top of the tier, but it is. I think it's a good tier song. Okay, it's in the good tier. That's fucked. Yeah. Everything that just happened to me in that segment was fucked. Well, if you think that was fucked, we're on to the first, uh, probably the most organized game. Yes, that's right. We have a game. It's called Wave Your Banner. St. Kilda has some incredible, <laughs> incredible celebrity uh, fans. Your Shane Warns, your Molly Meldrums. But of course, everyone's favorite, Eric Banner, is a massive St. Kilda fan. You may have actually seen, and I'm pretty sure this is the only time that AFL have been shown in a Hollywood film. Have you guys seen Funny People? No. No. It's actually not bad. I don't mind it. It's a bit more of a serious comedy film, but it's not bad. Eric Banner's in this film as an Australian and he's, he's massively into football and there are parts where he's showing, I want to say it's either Seth Rogen and or Adam Sandler, one of them, he's trying to explain AFL and they're watching the Saints play and it was it's such a weird thing. But I'm going to pitch 
uh, six options to you guys, okay? I'm going to go back and forth between you guys. I'm making up okay. rules as I go. I'm going to give you a name. Is this a real saint? Or is this a character that Eric Banner played? That's right. It's called Wave Your Banner. Ooh. Strap on in. Clarky, you're up first. <laughs> saint Huck Cheever. Um, go with Saint. You're going with Saint? No, that is incorrect. He played that character in the 20... Uh, sorry, in the 2007 drama alongside the beloved Drew Barrymore. Christopher, you are up next. Saint Con Petropolis. Con Petropolis. Uh, I'm gonna say it's a saint. Tell me, bloody dreaming. It's from the oh. 1997 classic, The Castle. You broke on oh. zero, okay? It's a draw, like a shitty Collingwood St. Kilda game. We're moving on <laughs> to the third round. Back to you, Clarky. Saint John Bosco. John Bosco. No, I'm going to go with Saint again. Saint again. You are correct, sir. John Bosco being the patron saint of apprentices, editors, Fuck publishers, him. school children, magicians, and juvenile delinquents. Yeah. Get him, Bosco. What a platter. Oh, I just... I just realised how the game works. I thought that it was... <laughs> Go on, Chris. No, no, don't <laughs> let him explain. Oh, what a huge idiot. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought it was if it was an Eric Banner character or a St. Kilda player, like a former St. Kilda player. St. Jack Steele. Um, well, Chris, back to you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's 1 0, but we could probably call it at this point. Chris, Saint Various. Saint Various. I'm going to say a Saint. No. Um, Eric Banner. Oh, Eric sake. Banner played various roles in Full Frontal and the Eric Banner Show <laughs> Live. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. All right. It's 1 0. There is two <clears throat> more to go. Clarky, Saint Dominic Savio. Or, you know what? Saint never faint. Saint, saint never faint is what they say, saint and faint never faint would be correct. Dominic Savio, of course, being the patron saint of choir boys, the falsely accused, <laughs> and somehow, again, juvenile, juvenile delinquent. <laughs> All right, Chris. You can't, someone save these juveniles. You can't win at this point, but I want to see how you go here. Maybe you get one and you get a little space trophy. This one's for Make a little, it worth double. And this, this one's a little bit okay. to reduce shame. I'm gonna make, because I can do whatever the fuck I want here, I'm going to make this, this one worth double, okay? And this if is, he misses it, can I get a steal? No. Well, there's only two options. I know, Chris. Shut up. <laughs> and this one's apt. Saint Christopher. Saint. Oh, shit. You got fucking... You got tickets in yourself, don't you, you cocky bastard? Yes, of course. St. Christopher, the patron saint of bachelors, transportation, traveling, storms, epilepsy, gardeners, holy death, and toothache. That's not a joke <laughs> yeah. either. Suck on that, Clarky. Suck on that, Clarky. Oh, yeah. You had to get a little little handy J on the quiz from your quiz master, mate. <laughs> Double points, my ass. This is bullshit. Everything that is happening to me on this episode sucks. And just like St. Kilda... He hasn't been very gracious in the draw. Guys, we'll meet again next week. And we'll place it <laughs> I want to get, okay? <laughs> I, hope it, oh, I, hope, I hope it's Eric Banner again, because he's the only actor I know, guys. 
I love Eric Banning. He's fantastic. But, you know, I also love, I love Chris's memorable moments. So let's roll on to the next segment. Yes. We'll, we'll turn our attention to some memorable moments for the St. Kilda Club, which I have to say it, not fucking many. Like, <laughs> so come on, St. Kilda. One of St. Kilda's biggest moments is, hey, guys, remember that time you didn't win? <laughs> exactly. Like, oh. Like, either do something on the field or at least create some decent scandals or something. Because um, if, it wasn't um, for, if it wasn't for Clinton Jones lighting a little person on fire at Mad Monday and a high school student showing us all Nick Del Santo's dick, this would be a very boring club. It would be. Other than, all right. See, <laughs> dick Del Santo. If, if we wanted... <laughs> oh, how was that not a headline? Um, oh, I was going to make a joke there, but I won't. <laughs> if we wanted to get into the nitty gritty of... The St. Kilda Football Club. We could be here for four <laughs> hours saying some of the most telling some of the most horrific stories you'll ever hear. We're not going <laughs> yeah. to do that, okay? We're going to judge them on the on-field performances for the most part. Well, yes, yeah, so we we do have a couple of memorable moments to talk about, and they are some very special and memorable moments. They're, they're very special ones, both of which have left lasting effects that completely transcend football. And we'll kick off with the first ever Maddie's match. Now, the first ever Maddie's match occurred in round 16, 2015, between St Kilda and Richmond, and became an annual match between the two sides with the aim of honouring the late Maddie Rewalt, little sister to St Kilda legend Nick Rewalt and cousin to Richmond champion Jack Rewalt. While also raising money for Maddie Rewalt's vision, the foundation set up in her honour to fight bone marrow failure. And Maddie unfortunately passed in February 2015 at the age of just 26 after a five-year fight with aplastic anemia. The first Maddie's match saw a season-record crowd for Marvel Stadium turned out decked in all sorts of purple clothing to honour Maddie and to see her brother and cousin lead their teams into battle. Nick Rewalt was actually expected to miss the game with a calf injury. He had been nursing all week, and if you see footage from him moving on the day, he Definitely wouldn't have played if it was any other game. Uh, he wheeled himself up for it, even managed to get a tidy 16 disposals and a very emotional goal that came at the start of the last quarter. It wasn't a particularly memorable game. The actual game itself wasn't wasn't anything to kind of write home about. The Tigers ran out 16-point winners. However, the funds raised in that game helped to fund the Maddie Rewalt Vision's very first project, uh, research project become an annual game of the AFL fixture and since then has funded 36 research projects, supported 81 patients through the National Telehealth Nurse Service, helped to commit $8.7 million to research Jeez. and funded two clinical trials which have resulted in faster diagnosis for patients and access to more holistic treatment and care. The AFL gets a lot of things wrong and rightfully cops its fair share of shit for the way it handles some things. But one thing that for me can't be denied is that when the AFL community needs to rally around its own and support them, they absolutely yeah. nail it. And the right intentions always seem to shine through for the most part. It really feels like a cash grab or a marketing ploy. It feels actual, actually genuine. Yeah, I mean, this, this was one of those games you kind of watch with your heart and your throat a little bit. Um, yeah. And it, it, again, we, we talked about this in almost every episode now, there are moments that transcend football. And this is a massive one. And you're spot on. Like, I hate when people go on about how, oh, AFL just stick to sport. No, don't just stick to sport. Because when something like this comes up, no. it is a massive opportunity to do something really good for the community. I didn't know 
how much money they'd raise or like where their money had gone to. But if it's gone to like two clinical trials that actually have had results, that's fucking incredible. That's amazing to everyone yeah. involved. Absolutely incredible. Well, I was reading that the Maddie Rewalt's vision, the the foundation set out in their first year, they wanted to raise a million dollars and fund a research project. And they did that comfortably. Like I think within the first couple of years, they'd, they'd raised multi millions of dollars and yeah, it's, it's still going every year and it's, it's become kind of one of those trademark games that St. Kilda and Richmond fans look forward to. And I think all AFL fans look forward to it, even though both the brother, uh, both Nick and Jack have both since retired. It's, it's kind of gone beyond that almost. Moving on from one moment that transcended footy to another, we're going to go all the way back to 1993. An iconic moment in not just St Kilda's history, but in AFL history, and a moment that gave birth to arguably the most iconic and important photo ever taken in the AFL. Talking about round four, 1993, Collingwood versus St Kilda at Victoria Park. Now, this game is remembered for all of the wrong reasons and is a bit of a dark stain on our great game. As Indigenous players, St Kilda, uh, sorry, Indigenous St Kilda players, Nikki Winmar and Gilbert McAdam were tormented with horrific racial abuse from the Collingwood supporters. Nikki Winmar stated that at halftime in the curtain raiser, the game before the main match, a person tipped a cup of urine over him. When the ball would bounce towards the boundary line, he would often avoid going for it, knowing that the racial abuse that would come his way. This led to an iconic moment where ignoring the abuse became too much for Winmar. He turned to the Collingwood crowd, lifted up his jumper and pointed to his stomach while saying, I'm black and I'm proud. Now, this moment's echoed throughout the halls of the AFL to the point where we saw it replicated just last year by Jamar Ugelhagen after he was subjected to horrific racial abuse during a game for the Bulldogs. Whilst Nicky, Nicky Winmar's moment was a real turning point in the AFL, a lot of people forget the comments that were made by then Collingwood president Alan McAllister a week later in response to Nicky Winmar's stand. Oh, God, I don't, I don't know what these are. Oh, no. They basically undid any progress that Nicky had made. So Alan McAllister was quoted as saying that he had nothing against Indigenous people. As long as they conduct themselves like white people off the field, everyone will admire and respect them. As long as they conduct themselves like human beings, they will be all right. For Chris's sake, I'll say end quote there. <laughs> yes, that was the end of the quote. Fuck it. Save me, Chris. That's fucked. Well, yes. That's a fucked thing to say. And it's, it's crazy that no one remembers that that was kind of a week after this iconic moment happened that that was supposed to be a turning point for the AFL, and that was how the president of the rival club that was hurling racial abuse to the player responded What's to it. What's the uh, Collingwood president's name? Alan McAllister. Enemy of the show. Yeah. And humanity, apparently. Yeah, definitely. Born fuckhead. <laughs> I'm Googling it. He seems like he's still maybe alive. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Jesse's going to find him. No. We got him. Rest in piss, dickhead. Um. <laughs> That moment last year with Jamara doing it, that was really cool. That was really special. Yeah. Nicky Winmar ended up writing a book, um, which came out, I think, last year. He started really kind of doing quite a few interviews about it last year. There was the lead up uh, to the game Collingwood versus St Kilda, where Collingwood actually apologised to Nicky Winmar and Gilbert McAdam retrospectively. Um, and Nicky Winmar 
has said that it still hurts him to this day. And while this was supposed to, it was an incredibly iconic moment and a lot of progress has been made over the years, the, the events of just the last few years, such as Jamara and Eddie Betts, it's a stark reminder that we still have a hell of a long way to go. Adam Goods as well. Um, yeah. Yes, Adam Goods too. Uh, we were all pretty young when this happened. I was about six or seven, but I can still remember everyone talking about it at the time. Um, I think my primary school teacher even mentioned it to us. To, like this thing had happened and was was kind of teaching us about it. Do you guys have any memories of of Nikki Wimar's stand, or even when Jamara recreated it last year, and, and kind of the impact that it's had over the years? I think it's it's tricky us being three white guys, but seeing it, true, it also becomes a little bit tricky because as an, a general AFL community, I think again from where I am, there have been steps taken in a good direction. There is just a very, very loud group of people who who yeah. think it is their God-given right to be racist. It is not. If you want to be racist at the football, fuck off home. Just stay at home. Don't talk to anyone and die alone. Have you have you guys been to the, the um, Melbourne Museum and seen the Nicky Wimmer kind of area? Yes. That's what got me. When you Because I went there oh, probably a year ago. Um, my auntie works in the indigenous wing of the museum. She has the last like 20 years. Um, so I used to go through that area a fair bit and she used to kind of teach me a few things. So I, I always really, really appreciate how that whole part's done. Going through there and reading stories and then going to the Melbourne, like the city of Melbourne sort of part, the AFL area, and you see Nikki Winmar and you kind of realize very little has changed. I mean, not to get like, real political and stuff. And we, we even just saw it a few mm. weeks ago with like Australia Day and stuff like that. Like you want to think that things have changed, but they fucking haven't. And no. I think, you know, with like social media and stuff like that, people have a, a, a soapbox to stand on and dispute bullshit um, at players like Jamar and stuff like that. And just, I don't really get how, it, how, how you fix it. Like how, clubs can't. Every time there's a racial abuse in the field, they put out, a post, which, like, I'm glad they condemn it, but it's like... They condemn it, yeah. What else can they do? And it, yeah. it's really depressing to think of it like that. Um, especially, and, like, and, and I'm not victim to it. Um, it must be so much worse for other people. But it's like, how do we fucking fix this problem? I, I think, I think mm. from just, like, a, a smaller scale, if you, you know, if you have a... a somebody you know or whatever like call shit out if you're at the game and you hear fucking somebody say something call it out i think that's what that that's that's kind of the key and that's what we saw with the adam good situation obviously he then for some odd reason copped a backlash from that but he heard something he was shocked that it came from a 14 year old girl in the crowd and he he called it out and i think that it needs to be not just the person who's on the receiving end of it i think it needs to be others Mm -hmm. but this is the thing education always starts at home and, you know, if you're somebody who has children or are planning on having children, you should be making it your conscious effort to be better than the people who came before us. I think it's really easy to understand when, you know, you might have a family member who has an opinion on anything. I know certain members of my extended family who have voiced concerns to me about welcome to countries, which is literally five minutes 
of observing a tradition, an Indigenous tradition, to welcome you to the land that was taken from them, that we are currently using, which is an important moment where you can appreciate that culture and live alongside it. And people will oppose that. And it's five minutes of all you have to do is sit there. You don't have to do anything. You don't even have to stand up like you do for a national anthem. You can sit there and have a snack, have a drink, you know, finish your coffee, whatever. I think, and this this is something that we see, and once again, not to get super political about it, but- Do it. I think- well, I Let think me off the is, leash. I have opinions. <laughs> we're th- look, we're three guys in our 30s who are, I would say, what, we're classified millennial? We are. Is that is that, yeah. And- yeah. We're starting to see it slowly shift as the older generations move through. And I think there's elements where you can see where that is threatening to them because, you know, we want things to change and we want things to be different. And they're trying to, you know, people are trying to instill these same ideas in other people. And radicalization happens on both sides where instead we should be taking a moment to try and understand and peacefully be led by Indigenous leaders into what is best for them and what is best to live alongside them and to respect them in the way that they deserve to be respected as people. Like, it's it's baffling to me. Like you guys said, every single time it comes up, it's we're so far and away behind everything. And my mum's Sri Lankan, and I definitely remember multiple occasions as a child of experience like seeing her experience racism just while we were doing grocery shopping like literally being profiled for being a a dark woman in a shopping center with kids because they thought she was going to steal something and like when we weren't a rich family but we weren't you know we weren't super poor either like we paid for our groceries like everybody else we didn't do anything to warrant it and that kind of shit is unacceptable like you experience like that those kinds of experiences are just things that people can't even fathom some people can't even fathom that and i understand that but being better and being willing to learn from those moments and to try and understand why something can be better for somebody or how you can make something better for somebody and just being an ally for any of these issues including marginalized groups is the biggest thing that we need to take away from it as a community i think it's to boil down what clarky put very very well if you're a racist, fuck off and die. Yeah, yeah. Also that. That's like, a- yeah, just, it's hard to be that guy. It's hard, and you, I understand that there are times socially where you might not want to feel like the guy who's being the wet blanket, but it all starts from that by just showing people that if that it's unacceptable. And it's not always easy to have those conversations, but fuck me, you can at least respect yourself if you know that you stood up for being on the right side of that discussion instead of letting it happen. Speaking of memorable moments and we spoke about Maddie's match earlier going on to another another iconic game in the St Kilda realm is Spud's game uh the match that commemorates Danny Fl- Danny Frawley and tries to uplift and put a shine a light on men's mental health um obviously also another hard conversation to have yeah come on uh, yeah. fuck there's, there's, there's a lot of a lot of stigma around that as well but uh, how do you guys feel about kind of Spud's game and, and the impact that that one's having as well? I'm a big, big fan of mental health conversations for men, for everyone in general. But I think there's, we're going political again, but there there is 
especially in sport, it's a level of toxic masculinity that I think we kind of accept and expect. You know, we tell players to oh, just get on with it and, you know, accuse them of being soft or something because it's not like it was in the 80s or it's not like it was in the 90s or we don't think that it's important. And I think Spud's game is really important for having those conversations and at least bringing it to the forefront in a niche that needs it. I think that that, that moment, like I, I can still remember when the news kind of came over. Yeah. Like <clears throat> I think it first came through that there was a car accident, like serious car accident, and then it was uh, AFL legend was involved, and then it came through with Danny Frawley, and then obviously it kind of expanded from there. I think that was a moment that for everyone, regardless of which generation you're in, you were like, oh, like – this this is very serious. Like we need to do something about this because it, it was just one of those moments where it was like, oh, like this is really bad. It was a real turning point kind of moment. I've even I think this is actually something that that a lot of positive grounds be made on it. It could just be the circles that I'm in, but I mean, even just looking at the three of us, like we always check on each other as much as possible, and it's really good. I mean, I won't get into it too much. I've kind of lost friends to mental health issues. Um, and, you know, things could have been really different if they felt comfortable reaching out. They had, you know, a space where they, they felt that, that, that they could. Uh, but I'm, I'm just seeing this a lot more on online, in person, that guys are being a bit more open about struggling with certain things and also making sure that their friends feel comfortable and safe to open up about that type of stuff. So I definitely see grounds being made here. Um Again, like I don't harp on about like how bad social media and stuff can be. So you, you definitely see the ugly side of stuff. But yeah, I, I feel like it sucks in that that need to be the wake wake up call. But it it was because he's mm. when you think of a person who's going through some shit, you don't think of Danny Frawley at all. No, he was like he was always kind of a larger than life character. Yeah, he, he was like a genuinely funny dude, fun, vibrant. Um, but he just, you know, goes to show you, I guess you don't really know what's happening in the background with people. And that's why you shouldn't be dicks to them. Yeah. And yeah I yeah. think uh, capping off that section, absolutely go and look at the Danny Frawley Center. Uh, if you want to support them, please do. It's always, never a bad idea to support charity. And you can go um, support Maddie's Foundation as well. That's Go check it out. Do your research. Take, take this information and go forth with it because... Well, we're about to we're about to move on from a serious topic to something a lot more lighthearted. And listeners, we want you to appreciate that we understand the seriousness of this topic. And if you need help or you are struggling, please do reach out. Reach out to someone. Reach out to a friend. If you've got no one, reach out to the Falcon. <laughs> we can't we can't recommend that we'll help you, but we'll definitely try well, to listen. support you. That's it. So, Chris, sorry to take away your Usually beautiful transitions, but I think we should move on to the Falcons theme, don't you think? Makes sense to me. Love it. Gentlemen, we are going to build the ultimate St. Gilda player. As we do every week, we build this player by using the head, which is vibes and hair, a body, which is tackles and strength, arms, which is marks and handballs, legs, which is their kicking and running ability, and mod- a modifier, just to give them that little bit of X factor, a little bit of pizzazz. And we're going to build this player using past and present St. Kilda football club players. Guys, if I may, I grab the reins yes. on this one a little bit. This episode's going Go a little bit 
little bit longer than you would think a St. Kilda podcast would go for. What are you talking well, we about? Got, we got serious so again. Let's not fuck around. Jack Sinclair's head. Yeah, yeah done. Lock it in. I, I he's, he's the Darcy Moore of Collingwood. Yeah. Oh, wait. Of St. Kilda. <laughs> I was going to go with you there. Darcy was the Darcy oh, Moore agree, of <laughs> Jack Sinclair seems like a really good fella. He looked like he would steal your catalytic converter from your car. That must like <laughs> that moustache alone is worth discussion as being the head of the Falcon scene. But then you mix like the top of his haircut. That's a good haircut. That's Trent Cochin esque. Just the top, beautiful. A little bit of a, a little bit of a, a comb over. That's probably a better way to put that. But very nice, nicely set. But then there is this golden mullet, like a Pantene ad, just glowing behind him. And he kind of looks like the little rat dude from Lost. You little rat dude from Lost, anyone? <laughs> no. Rat dude? He's also who in could, Saving who Private could forget Ryan. Dear rat dude? <laughs> he played um he played the bad guy in God of War 2018. Nobody? He looks like him. No. Jack Sinclair? He's lock him in. His his haircut is the epitome of business at the front and party in the back. I would say the only other the only alternative I could offer you would be uh, Robert Harvey's beautiful beautiful locks. No, it has to be Jack Sinclair. Okay. Hey, wait, wait, can we have the top of Robert Harvey's head? Like his hair, sorry, because his hair really he's got some good plumage. I believe the uh, the correct term to use when you talk about Robert Harvey. He's a plumage. He has a good circumference of hair. So, Jack yeah. Sinclair, just with a bit more on the top, real glam rock style. Chris, you like glam rock? Yeah. You like shit music? <laughs> you like the St. Kilda theme song? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, we've got body, tackles, and strength. I actually think this has to be Robert Harvey. Oh, shit. He can be in it twice. <laughs> yeah, he could be in it twice. There's, hey, no rules. Yeah, I mean, let me look no at rules. the current list of the photos oh, that actually, they actually have. You could have. go Jack Steele. Oh, sorry, gentlemen. You're gonna have to go one at a time for me. Sorry, I said you, you could go Jack Steele. Jack Steele, prolific tackler. Jack Steele. Look, when fit, does have a does have a good body on him for the tackles and strength. Now, it look it sounds like I'm going to be the deciding vote between Robert Harvey and Jack Steele. Sure. I, don't know, I didn't Jesse. say either of the names. I, I thought you said Robert. <laughs> I, Harvey. Said bo- Did- I said both. Oh, of them. okay, Jesse. What about you? I can't think of anyone, but. But I'm kind of going the other way. Like, <laughs> why does it have to be a big guy? You know? Why does it have to be strong? Because <laughs> it's tackles and strength. Because it's tackles and strength. Yeah, but, like, why does he have to... I, I, hate, I hate to say it, but I'm with Chris on that one. do they have to be good at it? We say what it represents. We didn't say it's going to be the best. We said it needs to represent the club. Jack Higgins. We do say it's the best. Jack Higgins. You don't, the whole point you don't is to create the old player. Ask me. I said Jack Higgins. <laughs> I regret asking. <laughs> yeah. You don't do create a player and then think, oh, his leg, I'm gonna, not going to give Patty him one. Dow. <laughs> so it's, it's Robert Harvey. I'm going to go with Robert Harvey. <laughs> now, we got arms, marks, and handballs. And I don't know if you guys have the Hall of Fame up in front of you, but Lenny Hayes has some yep. nice chiseled arms. Yeah. What a player. I'd happily Beautiful. Can Hayes. we have one Hayes arm and one Bryn Goddard arm? Yeah, we can. Sure. Thanks. Jesse, why are you asking when we literally made a dinosaur? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's fuck this one up, eh? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesse, we're short on time. Right. Tony Lockett flags. We're short on time. Yeah, look, I was going to say, Tony, one Tony Lockett, one G-Train, baby. Oh. I This player is going to have the G-Train 
How did we not go with G Train's hair? And there's also look. What about Spider? We're forgetting about Spider, guys. Oh my god, I forgot about that. All right, we've got we've got the Sophie's choice of these three. Yeah, no, that's what that film was about. Beautiful specimens of a forward. <laughs> it is if you haven't seen it. Well, there's Stewie Low. Fuck, there, there is some good heads of hair. Spider Everett's headband, I think. Well, we could. We, throw I think there. maybe Spider Everett's web shooting ability should be a modifier. <laughs> Anyway, uh, okay, go throw it in there. And Does... whenever have you guys seen um, the X Men movies, the old X Men movies? Yeah, go on. Whenever I think of G Train, I think no. of the Juggernaut when he's like, oh, "I'm the Juggernaut, bitch." It needs to have some sort of G Train Juggernaut <laughs> bitch vibe to it, like some sort of power. But hey, I'm getting ahead of myself. Legs. So we have we have Locket. Who else? <laughs> I'm going with one Tony, one G train. All right, all right, cool. Uh, and modifier Spider Everett's web shooting ability. Thank you. <laughs> web shooters. Can we add in G train's pie eating ability? Yeah. G train's <laughs> pies. Frog. When he eats the pie, he turns into the G, the juggernaut with a G, and says, "It's the juggernaut, bitch." We can't. They can't all be G train related. Why not? <laughs> yes, Why, Chris? Yeah. Why do we make it a train? Oh, yes. Hells yeah. <laughs> make it a Thomas the Tank Fuck Engine. Yeah. With with G train face. That is frightening. <laughs> is a train. <laughs> and at the but the mullet is at the back. And Thomas knew that a monster had come to town. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> got that knock is knock it- knock knock joke modifier? Is it a modifier or is it like a detriment to humour? <laughs> it could be a um, whatever the opposite of a buff is. Snuff. Have I just have I just imagined this, or does, is Russell Crowe also a St Kilda supporter? Um, nobody's been safe enough to ask him. <laughs> I think I've imagined it. Carry anyway, on. Sick. Um. <laughs> they also <laughs> they also got Ed Sheeran. Yeah, let's not let's not. Step into vibes territory, okay? I've got that place locked <laughs> up, okay? Like Jurassic Park. Anyway, before yeah, okay. the cage fell over. Um, I think. I think. Is it, I think that's good. I don't. I think we've got more. How do we turn him into a train? <laughs> <laughs> he is. A, he just is a train. It's the G train. It's the He's G train. train. It's a G train that can shoot webs. <laughs> I think we need one more ability. <laughs> Eric Banner's acting. No, no, we're not working miracles here, okay? No, we can act as good as Eric Banner. Have you seen the Hulk? Have you seen the Hulk, Christopher? Um, I'm with Ross Lyon. Oh, no. How about the train drags Ross Lyon around? Is that too dark? You're violent today. <laughs> <that> too dark? <laughs> You're violent today. <laughs> how about... How about... Oh, God, this is going to be the dumbest thing I've ever said. How about... He has a pet... It's, an, it's, a, it's like a, a big jungle cat. It's really angry. It's, it, it's called the cross lion. <laughs> yes. yes. Clarky, you going to write that in? Yeah, it's cross in. Cross lion? <laughs> you actually wrote- it's in, but only, only because I want this to end. Well, let's end it right now. This ain't Kilda Falconstein, <laughs> Jack Sinclair's oh head. God. But the top of Robert Harvey's head giving himself a real glance glam rock sort of look. If you've watched Always Sun in Philadelphia, think of Dennis when he's in the band. 
<laughs> the body, Robert Harvey. Who else are going to be? We had a few options. Mine was downvoted, but whatever. Jack Sinclair in my heart. Not, <laughs> was it? Yeah, Jack Sinclair. Um, arms, one Lenny Hayes, one Brennan Goddard. At least part of this creature is sensible. Legs, one Tony Lockett leg, one G-Train leg. Holy shit, choo-choo. <laughs> Modifiers, <laughs> all right. Spider Everett's web shooters. Um, now, guys, does he have natural web shooters like a Tobey Maguire, or does he make his web shooters like the other one? Natural? natural. He's a mutant. Come out of skin, Tobey Maguire style? Okay, so we've got Spider Everett's Tobey Maguire style web shooters. All organic, baby. Speaking of all organic, G-Train's pies for all ability when he has them. It's nothing but a G thing because he tends to do a G-Train, okay? He's the juggernaut bitch. What? Choo-choo the pie and give him extra powers. Are and who's okay? climbing on his back? <laughs> Oh, it's the predator of the of the jungle, okay? The cross line. <laughs> <laughs> that was a St. Kilda Falcon scene coming into the station. Okay. But a Good thing, job, baby. <laughs> Good job, guys. Good job. So let's let's finish it up by talking about what we want to see from St. Kilda in 2024. Chris, I'll start with you. Um I don't mind some of the the pickups that they made in the offseason. Uh, I think Liam Henry is a good pickup. Uh, what do I want to see from them? I don't know. To sack Ross Lyon? Like, <laughs> I want them to have a bad a season. Game plan. Yeah, get a better game plan. Because they don't have a bad list. It's just their game plan sucks. It's not fun to watch. And as you said, they don't have the the... the the kind of top end talent. They don't have those like two or three players that you look at and you're like, yeah, they fucking carry the team. Um, They just have Jack Steele basically. Yeah. Jesse? Look, I don't see them doing too much this year. I I want some individual efforts though. I want Jack Steele to have a really good year. I want Jack Higgins to kick another freaky goal because that's one of my favorite goals I've seen. Um, And some young players like Mateus Philippu. I think he's going to be an absolute jet. Um, Mason Wood, Hamanidi. He had a pretty few good games last year. I don't see this team doing anything special this year. I think they're going to be very middle, yeah. making up the numbers basically, and I think they will until they turn over a few players or turn over a coach. Yeah, I I think that they'll slide a bit this year. What did they finish I think last year? They overperformed sixth somehow. Um, Wait, yeah, I know. what they finished? Sixth? I've I probably <laughs> yeah, they finished sixth. I probably put them anywhere between tenth to sixth would be my prediction for where they kind of finish up. Jack Steele being uninjured is probably the key to them performing. I think he's kind of the only cog that they've really got. And St. Kilda fans, if you're listening to this, you're not. But if if you are, and you're like, (laughs) hey, these guys have bagged out St. Kilda this whole episode, and then it's got right to the end, and they realize, oh, we came sixth last year. Maybe that's not our fault. Question why we can't remember your club, okay? Speak to your, your your coaches, speak to the community, speak to the fellow members, and work out how can we make sure that people don't forget us? Because at the moment, got no clue who you are. <laughs> Thanks. Exactly. Thanks, Jesse. All right, man. So, we did it. Thank you once again for joining me, gentlemen. And listeners, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FalconFootyPod. We're FalconFootyPod on everything. Uh, you can also find us individually. Chris is at Larry underscore 16. Jesse is at mm. Jesse Spanner. Yeah. I am at Quantum JC. Now, listeners, if you listen to this episode all the way through, I'm sorry, but you owe us. Head over to your podcast platform of choice and 
chuck us a five-star review. Write us a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. I know they let you do that. We'd love to hear from you, and it helps a lot with our engagement. And if you don't do it, the G-Trade is going to get you. <laughs> it really helps us a lot to get into the algorithm and get this podcast into as many ears as possible. So we really do appreciate it if you can take the time. If you listen to it on your phone, you can do it from the Spotify app right now. You can do it from the Apple Podcast app right now. It takes two seconds to just hit the five stars. It goes straight in. You don't even have to write the review. So we're part of the Story Mode Podcast Network, and you can listen to our, our sister shows, Love Letters, which is hosted by Jesse. We'll be back one day. And Dialogue Options, which is a video game podcast. Listeners, thank you very much. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. See ya. Cheers.